Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. Welcome to episode two of The Property Pod. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we're back. We survived episode one. We're still we're still kicking. I've got uh, John with me. G'day, everybody. Yeah, episode two. This is quite exciting, actually. How did you feel about episode one? Uh, like I sort of mentioned, I did have very much the, um, the first podcast jitters, mainly hoping that I wasn't going to say anything that put my foot in it because I'm quite often known to You're do pretty that. good at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the only reason I started. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only wanted to do the podcast to just see, to see you happens. dig yourself a hole and then dig yeah. yourself out yeah. of it yeah. and just get fur- <laughs> like further and further down. I was just looking for leverage so when I compete against you, I yeah, can exactly. you. You can sit there and go, mate, did you listen to the other episode? <laughs> Crazy. I've got to record it. So that's John and I've also got Pat here. How did you find week one? Uh, I got a little bit tongue-tied a couple of times, mm. but that's to be expected. Look, as we said, there's lots of growing pains and there'll be some fiddling with the format and, um, and just kind of having some fun with it. I don't think we need to take it too seriously. We just kind of... Enjoy ourselves and get the information out there for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So luckily today... Oh, Pat. Oh, no, you go. Uh, luckily today we are joined by um, our first ever guest. So we uh, shouldn't be too jittery about that. We have to play professional. So well, we, we promised big things in episode one and just delivered straight off the bat. Yeah, I'm glad we got a, a guest for episode two. So uh, <laughs> to introduce everybody, I've got uh, Jason Swinton with me here who is from Domain. Morning, guys. How are we all going? Doing all right, sir. That's good. Thank you for having me along this morning. Oh, well, you you said yes to the email, so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a challenge. <laughs> Can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jace? Yeah, I'm with domain.com.au. Um, we're a, a portal service here in Australia. Um, and I've been working through the Hobart area in that role for about 12 months now. Yep. So I found my feet and up and flying. Are you a Hobart local or? Am a Hobart local, yeah. I've been in uh, southern Taz for the last 10 years but grew up in Launceston. So, Tazzy boy, born and bred. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. It's kind of it's useful actually. Thanks thanks so much for coming, mate. Thanks. Uh, but no, the fact too with, um, I mean, I always think you're, you've got a unique perspective versus ours where um, I'd be curious to get that. So, we're looking at from a practitioner's perspective in a lot of ways but um, from an almost as an sort of insider-outsider, I guess, as a um, representative of the you know one of the largest websites in Australia. I like that description because mm. Jason obviously talks a lot to us, but then at the same time he's getting a lot of consumer feedback as well. So um, mm. like Domain are reporting on how consumers are receiving information, what they use it for, and he's able to relay that back to us. So you are sort of lucky that you get both sides of the coin. We are, we're yeah. sort of one, I guess. We definitely do. We, um, As you say, we, we talk to lots of agents like yourselves and we get that type of perspective, but at the end of the day, as well all the data that we're bringing in is from the consumer so we do get to see both sides of it quite frequently yeah which is really cool and that helps obviously with you guys producing some reports throughout the year to have information to provide to us as well which is fantastic yeah exactly we we produce a lot of information there's um stacks of data there um we love to share it and recently we had our economist speak to us trent wilshire and he talked to us a bit about the tassie market what we're seeing in in southern tassie in hobart and also in the north what we have seen and, and what we will be seeing moving forward. 
Cool. So he's so the purpose of getting you in today is that he's done a bit of a snapshot for the rest of 2019 and to early next year. Is that correct? Yeah, or yeah, spot on. Yeah, beautiful. And I've actually been lucky enough to go through this information with Jason, so I've sort of got a bit of an idea of what he's going to bring up. And um, the good news is that even though the mainland marketplace is starting to slow down and there's a lot of negative talk out there, Hobart's holding pretty well in Tasmania in general. And I think that's what the point of today's conversation is: is to just reassure people that. Um, don't get all depressed and doom and gloom about what the mainstream media is reporting um, because there are better signs for uh, micro markets, which is obviously what Tasmania is compared to your Hobart and city marketplaces. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I, I, this might be a bit of fun of exercise because I want to pose a challenge to you, Jason, before we get into the meat of it, is this is a question that we get. If you walk, It's almost like Vox Pop when you're a real estate agent and they, people get familiar with who you are. So you'll you know be, hi, uh, you know, Jason, I'm John. Uh, also, you know, what do you do? Like real estate, oh, how's the market? <laughs> so if someone asked you, mate, Jason, how's the market? Yeah, it's well, um, <laughs> something you get pretty frequently around your friendship circles. It, uh, it definitely happens. <laughs> I um, hear everything that's happening in the media and that's uh, straight away the, the first question you get asked. Mm. And for me, it's, um, it's a pretty positive response, as Pat was just saying. Um, you know, we've had great growth over the last 12 months. We have slowed a little bit, but the forecast still looks pretty good moving forward as well. So, pretty positive signs still. Well, there was the one thing I really liked about the domain, your economist, it's always been, um, I mean, we've got the slide notes, so hopefully we'll be able to make that available to our listeners anyway. But um, it's probably, the, it's always, always always based on hard facts and statistics, but they've summarised it really, really well. Um, I think in the report there was sort of three key takeaways that um, yeah, covered. Yeah, th- three big things that um, we spoke about were um, price growth in Launceston is picking up, uh, whereas mm. Hobart is starting to slow a little bit. Um, new listings are up in both Hobart and Launceston, so that's a positive sign, especially for what we're looking forward to in the future. Um, but house prices should continue to grow strongly in the Launceston market, but start to level off here a bit in the Hobart. Mm. Um, drivers for that, sorry. I was just going to say, that's not necessarily a bad thing, though, is it? No. Like, realistically, <coughs> over the last couple of years, Hobart's just gone massive, like, yeah. from a price perspective. So when we talk about like the marketplace slowing down or dropping off here, it's not like people are going to start losing money on their homes, is it? No, it's, it's more having that conversation where you guys know best you've been in the market. You're seeing those multiple competing offers coming in. You mightn't have as many of those. You still have good offers, but you're not going to be having five or six offers on one property competing essentially. Yeah, and that can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell for. Like for a while there we couldn't keep up because – people were exceeding our expectations now we're probably better positioned to price properties a lot closer to where they're going to sell um and that's an indicator why we're not seeing you know 10 or 20 percent over what a property's been advertised at um but it's still good to see i think i saw on one of your slides there was a stat that hobart's still expected to grow by about two to three percent over the next 12 months we're forecasting in in the resi house market there still roughly about two percent over the next 12 months so still positive signs yeah, it's not the growth we've seen recently, but still growth. So you've got to be happy. And if you compare it to Melbourne or Sydney, they're losing value each, exactly. each month. So it's to me, any growth is good growth and it's still a good indicator there that there's good buyers to be had in the marketplace. Well, that was I had a, um, a question that a vendor asked me um, just before going to market recently was, uh, you know, sh- should we go now or after the federal election? Because um, but his, his house is sort of in a first-time buyer's market and – building on what we probably touched on in the previous episode as well as all the different changes that the federal election is proposing for benefits of first home buyers. Um, I'm looking at the, like, um, 
Oh, sorry, because I'm getting sidetracked on two different questions I was going to ask. But you're good at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, so with in terms of then the, um, you know, for vendors asking, um, look, should we be waiting or should we be concerned about the federal election with these uh, adjustments to the pricing? Um, is domain or you, you know, you, the, you guys thinking that it's really going to have a large effect on a market such as Hobart's? It's a hard question for mm. me to answer. Um, that's a, a question for the powers to be in the economy, economist land. Yeah, um, sorry about that. We, um, I, I haven't, in all honesty, had a chat about that with anyone uh, from that area as yet. Mm. Um, depending on how that does work out, I mean, it could be could be good, could be bad. Mm. Um, the first home buyer stuff that we are seeing that could cause a couple of things. I mean, the first homeowners um, segment is a is a smaller segment. But what it then in turn could lead on to, so people in that first property selling and upgrading to their next property, so well, that's the other part of the conversation. I guess that's always the thing, like we always want to get more first home buyers into the market because that then helps Definitely. second home owners and third home owners upgrade to the next property that they want to buy. So first home buyers really kick it off from a ground level and then that helps flow through <laughs> to the through. other marketplaces. So you'll quite often see that when the cheaper properties start to sell, it's like a ripple effect that slowly... Um, the prices start to go up on the more expensive properties as well. And that's right. And just uh, there's a point in that report that we talk about just in terms of um, where we have, have had first homeowners um, and we talked about the first homeowners, uh, the first home builders grant that we've had recently and what that's that's done to the market. And although our um, building completions or building approvals are trending upwards, there's still nowhere near record levels that we've had uh, in previous years back in yeah, the early yeah. 90s. So will be interesting to see what something like that would do for the market for us. Well, uh, following on from that, um, you know, uh, the conversation with my owner <coughs> is he's sort of making that point where, oh, look, you know, what is, should should have we gone to market three months ago? And looking at that um, slide that we've got, um, you know, you've got, you know, top five and uh, top top five and bottom five gross suburbs over the past, you know, um, one year change and five years change. And you're looking at some of these suburbs, they've gone from, you know, 20 up to 50% growth. Um, so there's not like, um, and he's, he's had it for that period of time, so it's not as if he's, even if it, um, once it settles, it's like, mate, relax. Like there's been 50% capital gain in your property. You don't, you know, you're not going to be selling it at a, at a loss. Done pretty well. And, <laughs> and so what are those, where it said then, you know, we'll be coming into a, a period where, you know, still, um, you know, predicting really nominal growth, 2%, which is still growth, for, for owners and for purchasers to be mindful of. What are some of the sort of key fundamentals that the report's finding that is sort of giving strength to that Hobart market? Yeah, look, um, for the Hobart market, there's been a, been a couple of things that we've, we've looked at there and Hobart and Tassie as a whole as well. So uh, nationally, home lending uh, has trended down, whereas here in Tasmania, we've trended up. So mm. talking to a lot of agents out there, home lending seems to be a bit of a bugbear. It's getting a bit harder. Um, but when we look at the statistics, they are actually still trending upwards. So we're doing a little bit better than the rest of the country. So that's one. Home lending's helping us here. Um, unemployment is very stable. Uh, it's mm. uh, at a very good point, especially in the Launceston market as well, um, looking through that. We talk about uh, the Mona effect here in Tassie, uh, the tourism side of things, which has been a big thing and a big conversation piece that we've had uh, a lot recently and what that's meant in terms of um, net, seas um, net overseas migration, so people mm. moving into the state from either interstate or overseas as well. Tassie's become a pretty popular place to, to come to, um, and that's, that's helped that. It's almost like a perfect storm in Hobart at the moment, isn't it? It is. It is, really. Because you've, you've got, like you said, the Mona effect. We have lots of tourism coming back, yep. a lot of people coming back to Hobart to live as well. Uh, UTAS is obviously 
trying to expand quite aggressively at the moment into Hobart Marketplace. Um, for a lot of people, they might not realise UTAS is buying nearly every Everything. commercial property they can get <laughs> in the centre of the city. Uh, so they're gearing up to, to try expand. What was the um, – didn't they buy the K&D building? They did and they paid a really crazy price for it but I don't want to say the wrong number so I'm not <laughs> going to speculate but it was a silly price. It was huge. Yeah. So, and I think so what they'd be knocking that down and – building on that? Uh, so I read a couple of different things that uh, indicated that K&D will continue to trade there for another two to three years, I think, okay, and yeah. then it'll eventually become more uni accommodation, which would be a good thing because at the moment a lot of homes are being used by international uni students, especially out of that way. So if we can move them back into university accommodation, that's going to help local people that um, are struggling to get a home at the moment get back into the marketplace. Yeah, and I heard too that K&D is still going to be trading while they're putting the accommodation in, so you're going to be able to go from your bed to buy a power tool and back again. <laughs> I was just <laughs> thinking, geez, I hope that no one gets put in the lighting section because they won't get much sleep. <clears throat> <That's not good. laughs> this is that off-track section that John does. <laughs> it's all right, I was loading up a joke as well. <laughs> all right, back on track. Um, what about regional areas in Tasmania? Yeah, so a little bit to the point that um, John was talking about some of the growth areas there before. Um, we talk and we look at, and this has happened across the country, and generally it starts in, in the CBD area and then the growth just starts to spread out and gets further and further out as, yep. as people are priced out of certain markets. Mm. So for the more regional areas of Tassie and getting up into Launceston and the northwest coast, it's looking pretty positive up there. Um, rental for Tassie as a whole um, has outperformed pretty much the whole country, so it's accelerated at a faster pace than all the other capital cities. Hobart is now starting to slow slightly, whereas yep. Launceston is still pushing and accelerating forwards. So. so is there certain suburbs in Launceston that one should be looking at? <laughs> or by throwing you under the bus there, James? No, there <laughs> are a couple there. Um, <laughs> your East Launceston, your West Launceston, the South Launceston areas, anywhere that's still kind of central and CBD up there. Like Kings Meadow, though, sort of that yeah, too far out? And it still, still will work. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for, for, for what we've seen with our, um, our CBD locations hasn't really happened up there as yet so those price points are still very attractive for people so you can get yeah, really cool. close to the city um in really nice areas not that i want to talk any of our listeners out of buying here in hobart with <laughs> i sell but at the end of the day we said that this was going to be educational for everybody so we're not here to to just plug hobart we're here for the state so if there's better buyers out there then the listeners should know where they are yeah definitely definitely well, this net tourism numbers are just quite staggering actually because it said you know tasmanian population growth has been driven you know by net overseas migration and then so in the last um so increase uh the last was it two couple of years for you know 44 percent increase from overseas 42 percent um interstate and 15 percent you know natural increase and then it goes over to um the uh, the chinese market with 1.6 million Visitors? Yep. That's just massive. I, I didn't realise the numbers were so staggering. Yeah, look, from from about 2015, um, our overseas visitors doubled. So that's that's a huge figure. Mm. Um, and then as you, to your point there, um, specifically in the, in the Chinese market, just ridiculous amounts. Well, that, um, that, that Mona effect you're talking about, like that a- absolutely is true. I mean, I've even met people that are only flying from Melbourne, for example, who are legitimately coming into Hobart, catching the ferry to Mona, coming back, staying a night and going. You know, like they don't even have any interest in even visiting the rest of it. But I think when um, I remember seeing that in a, in a – it was an aeroplane ma- aeroplane magazine where it said top ten places to visit globally and Mona featured as like number nine or something and I thought that's that's pretty incredible. Even yeah. if they're only flying in for the night though, like they're still seeing a little bit of the Hobart waterfront and 
like I've done t- trips where I've spent one night here or one night there overseas and they're on my bucket list to go back to because I get that little small experience of a place and mm. that's like, oh, wow, that was really cool. I want to go back there. 100% because that was sort of my next thought is that all of a sudden it, we Tasmania always needed a draw card, you know, like an international draw card because we all know it's a beautiful place but it didn't have a figurehead um, in terms of that would, you know, just reach further. So, yeah, you're exactly right. As soon as they come down like, oh, that was a mistake to stay one night, let's come back. Or you know? move. Yeah, or, mo- or move, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, look, it's um, put us on the international landscape now. Uh, and as you said, it gives us a draw card. People come. Mm. They realise they haven't been here for long enough. Mm. They come back to see everything else. We've got such great produce and everything else happening here that's um, doing really well worldwide. Mm. So it's a, it's a good thing. I guess coming back to property, like stock levels in Hobart, are they starting to increase yet or are we still seeing really low numbers as far as stock yeah, on available look, for sale? Stock on market, we're starting to see increase a little bit because days on market have started to slow down a little bit. Right. Um, so, so where something was selling like a week, it might be yeah, it's starting to slow down. And eight days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on your price points, I think f- from what I'm seeing and uh, talking to everyone around around Hobart, anything that's kind of priced, you know, that 350, 400k mark is still selling quite quickly. Um, anything over, starting to slow down a little, a little bit. bit. And that higher end has started to slow down just that little bit more as well. So is that an indicator that um, the cheaper homes are still appealing to first-time buyers and also to investors a little bit in Hobart? So, so yeah, that's why they're still ticking over nicely? Yeah, first-time buyers uh, as part of that, the, the investors as well. Um, we look at uh, what we've seen happening over there in the Melbourne and the Sydney markets now. Um, they've started to slow down and go, go downwards. Um, so what's happened there, the, the investors that were there... Um, the, Number one, they might be able to buy a property within their Victorian or Sydney market, which was their first choice, whereas before they were priced out and looking into our market. Um, The other part to that as well, with their market going down a little bit, uh, the valuations on properties that they have over there tend to go down. So they don't have any equity. Equity to buy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's a big key factor as well as to what an investor can buy is how much access to cash they have. Yeah, what they have available there. That's right. Yeah, cool. Well, how, what, um, in terms then with these, um, w- like with the changes in the market, is the activity that people are, uh, this is what probably go to the website now in terms of the consumer's behaviour. Yep. Is you seeing any differences in the way that people are um, searching or spending time on domain or actively looking for property? It's not a, it's a pretty vague question, but I hope yeah, that there's some meat there. The search is still there. Yeah, so looking at um, the reporting that we have, there's still people there looking just as much as what we have in the last six to 12 months. Mm. Just no one going that next, not as many people going that next step. So right. that, part, that part's the part that's slowed down. Mm. The active buyers have slowed a little bit, but there is still the search. Mm. Yeah. And like for me, I notice that a lot of my domain inquiries come from sort of mainland investors or um, people out of the Sydney marketplace who seem to have a pretty strong hold there as far as people using domains platform. Yeah, definitely. We're very, very strong in New South Wales. Um, our roots are from New South Wales. It's where we kind of started and yep. where our home base is. Yeah, cool. So the name over there and the portal usage over there is, is a bit stronger, which yeah. helps us in our interstate market. Definitely, for sure. And it seems to be picking up a little bit here in Hobart as well, a few more people using domain, which is great to see. Definitely, definitely. We've done a lot uh, on a national scale to try and boost the name with Cricket Australia and things like the block for, for the listeners out there. Um, so we do, do tend to see there's a bit of a bit of an increase coming through. Yeah, cool. Well, it definitely seems to be working because I know through summer you couldn't not see that domain logo everywhere <laughs> <laughs> on those cricket stumps. They were just yeah, in your face well. pretty much eight hours a day, really. <laughs> yeah, it worked really well. I you mean, don't watch Test cricket. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure someone listening does. <laughs> you watch Big Bash because you like the lights <laughs> and all the flashing. <laughs> it's good to see you still awake, Aaron, over yeah. there. <laughs> well, as the media guy, I, I really just let you guys, you're the pros, I'm just here to facilitate, so... I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> With um, going back to Launceston, because unfortunately, you know, we've got some good, really good operators up there and good, good friends, but I don't know too much about, I suppose, the fundamentals of Launceston as well. But was it, is it, um, you'd said um, one of the key, you know, indicators at the moment is the un- under, under um, sorry, the employment rate that we have is actually phenomenally strong. Tasmania um, historically. So is that is that sort of what's happening in Launceston? Because I mean, obviously, there's that. Um, you know, for anyone listening interstate, is it? Um, you know, it's Hobart versus Launceston. We've got our Cascade beer versus Bogues, for example. You know, there's that always just fun little underhanded rivalry. The mountains better than the gorge. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, well, so Jason saw the light. He moved to Hobart. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Didn't well, go back. Well, that, well, that, well that, here's an interesting question then. So, what originally drew you from Launceston to Hobart? Uh, for me, it was study. Okay. Yeah, so moving for my degree to Hobart because I couldn't do it in Launceston, basically. Yeah. And then didn't leave. Yep, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I did the reverse of that. I moved to Launceston for my study. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm back. And you came back. Now I came back, yes. I mean, for me, I, I, I didn't do any study. Um, I, I was always stayed in Hobart. My, I always joked to say my original plan was to learn how to salsa dance, get on a cruise ship, Find you know find myself a rich spinster and be a toy boy for a couple of years, but that never actually came to pass. It's because um, you're always so indecisive, John. You never actually get around yeah, exactly. to doing things. <laughs> Got in a real estate bought a house instead. <laughs> but one, but that said, um, I suppose with the university accommodation and study for Hobart and Launceston, we're going to see you know a lot of transient, um, you know, people come and go. But I guess there's that every likelihood that years down the track, once they've been able to establish careers that might not be available to them, um, they might have that shift, you know, 10, five, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years coming back um, to, you know, to come to refine that Tasmanian lifestyle that I think is really quite unique um, globally. Anything. Yeah. That's no. an interesting point I think you make there because that's uh, exactly right. Um, a lot of people that are coming here, particularly for that study side of things, they might then go off for a number of years but then go, okay, well... Tassie was pretty amazing. Great place to have a family. Mm. I'll go back there now. Yeah, absolutely. So is that what those stats were kind of saying before with the, all the international and... All those lines going All everywhere. those lines <laughs> that were going everywhere. <laughs> Look, not necessarily. I think that's um, there's driven more purely on the fact of um, just the interest that we have currently from um, overseas visitors. Um, I mean, when you look at that graph and for the listeners out there that can't actually see... There's a couple of lines and talking to um, a lot of people in the industry and a lot of agents that have been around the last 10 or 20 years, you look at uh, the one that we have on there which is for uh, interstate and it follows the peaks and troughs of our market for the last 20 years. Um, So people from interstate moving back into Tasmania tends to happen when we're in a booming market and then that then tends to die off if we go down in our market uh, which was a bit of a common trend from, from talking to everybody. Oh right! Is, is there could was there any um, sort of anecdotal reasons for that, or it's just an interesting number that seems to look the the, the main thing there. I think was just confidence, mm. um, confidence mm. in local economy mm. um, is a big part of that. You know, um, our market starts to go down, local economy starts to go down a bit. So people go, okay, well, interest here is waning a bit. We'll move into state. Um, but then people, when we're we're booming along and we've got a lot of confidence in our market, go, yeah, Tassie's looking pretty exciting. And jump back in. Well, and one of a couple of our biggest sales over the last couple of years, um, you know, you have a couple of locals going, oh, 
bloody mainlanders buying up all the property, um, paying stupid prices for it uh, for investment. But actually, the best buyers were found. You know, some actually have been from mainland. Yes. However, um, their whole purpose was to secure a property that they love in order to bring their family down either in a year, two, three to five years' time. So, um, I mean, there was one that we had because um, oh, it was absolute crazy sale in Moona where we had um, 32 offers on a property in a, you know, within a week or two. It was just absolutely insane, right into that perfect storm period in the market. Um, but the best buy on that was, um, yeah, uh, a couple who's, who'd bought it knowing full well that they'd move into the house in two years from Victoria to, you know, to, for his job change and um, to then, you know, to, to, to live for this um, Tassie lifestyle to raise his family. So, I mean, that, even that perspective where people are thinking they're getting outbidded by investors, it's actually just not true. It's actually people in sort of a very similar situation, but they're looking to change, pursue that career opportunities interstate or are coming back um, or they've, you know, come to Tassie for a holiday and went, actually, this is a beautiful place to raise my family because yep. if it starts to come, arise when in a, in a booming market, so to speak. That makes sense to me. Mm. Um, so I think you're right on the money there, John. I think it's not just about investors buying for the sake of buying properties. They are trying to set up a future here, which is really exciting to see. That shows that there could be good growth moving forward into the future. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. So I guess just to wrap up, Jason, Three key takeaways again from the top, just so that the listeners can remember what we've talked about. Yeah, the three the three key takeaways: Launceston um, price growth is is picking up. Hobart is starting to slow a little bit, but still looking positive is the outlook. Um, listings are up both in Hobart and Launceston, so there are properties coming onto market. Yes, they are. Some are sitting a little bit more, but they are definitely there. Um, and prices should continue to grow strongly for the Launceston market and still grow a little bit for Hobart, but start to settle down a little bit as well. Well, I think um, just I suppose then for, for purchase, it's really exciting. If there's more stock coming onto the market, there's more choice. Uh, but then from, from a vendor's perspective, if you're sitting there worrying about, oh, there's more competition, well, you can relax because if you have held the property for even um, 12 months to five years, you're looking at anywhere from 10% to 50% capital growth over the last, um, you know, in that time if you're moving to the market. So, you know, if, if you if you answer the question was the best time to buy and sell at the moment well it's going to be positive for both sides by the looks of it yep yeah, yeah cool. I'd agree with that excellent beautiful well thank you so much for coming in Jason that was really uh, interesting to get that information and kind of hear you discuss it with the boys I, I felt a bit yeah, like no, a fish so. out of water but um, yeah it was interesting to, to take it all in good um, thank you boys for episode two absolutely there we go. two in the can two Boom. in the can we're, get, we're getting there. The jitters <laughs> will be gone soon. We'll we'll be pros. We'll be like Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Go dream big. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, boys. No, thanks, thanks again, Jason. Really appreciate uh, you coming. Thank you. Yeah, for really, me. really useful. Not a problem. All right. Well, we'll sign that one off. Uh, look forward to hearing from us again on the 30th of May. We'll be back with episode three. Not sure if we'll have a guest. We'll see what we can arrange. But if not at all, we'll just be the boys having a yarn. Thanks very much, guys. Thank good. you. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at mcgregorfn.com. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au.